we're in a series called Bless This Home. How many of you guys are here? You don't gotta do like a full hand raise, just like by your face. How many of you guys are just here because you're in for Thanksgiving? You're like you're here to visit your family because it's Thanksgiving. Anybody like that at all today? Not yet. Maybe that's next weekend. And so, yeah, that's fine. A few of you guys are here today because of that. But hey, next week, um, next week is Thanksgiving. And uh, how many of you guys are ready to eat? You're not even gonna lie. You can just you just ready to start eating right now. Awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, how many of you guys in here today, you're going to have, you're obviously going to have turkey. You have, you have kind of have three options. How many of you guys, you're just going to bake it old fashioned way. You're just going to bake that joker. How many of you guys are going to smoke your turkey? Not like smoke it, but like put it in a smoker. You're like, eh, you can't smoke turkey. You're going to put it in a How many of you guys are going to fry that joker? You're just going to throw that thing in a deep fry. Yeah. All the Southern people are like, we're just going to fry that joker. You know, we'll just fry anything, won't we, down South? And I'm excited about the food. We're going to have a lot of food. I'm going to eat Thanksgiving twice. I think it's so good you ought to do it twice. And so I'm going to spend Thanksgiving uh, morning um, feeding the homeless. Then I'm, going to go to th- I'm just going to hang out with our, some of our team. And then I'm going to go to um, my in-laws' house. Some of you guys call your in-laws the outlaws. I, li- I call them the in-laws. I like them, and they like me most of the time. And I'm going to go have dinner with them. And then at night, I'm going to go to my mom's house. And my mom is, I think my, mom, uh, my mom's white. My dad's black. That makes me African-American, in case you haven't know that. So I think my mom learned how to cook from my grandma, though, because she can cook so good. Uh, my grandma doesn't cook Thanksgiving anymore, but I feel like I'm eating my grandma's food. The food is so dang good. And so I'm excited about that. How many of you guys are going to have collard greens at your Thanksgiving? That's a southern thing. You should have If you haven't had collard greens yet, you're missing out. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah, macaroni and cheese. I'm trying to get you guys hungry before I start preaching. Um, uh, what have you got? Uh, the, but the, one of the things I like about Thanksgiving is how many of you guys are looking forward to the, the leftovers? How many of you guys are like, turkey's always better the second, the second time. <laughs> and so you're going to have a turkey sandwich that night. Um, that's what the Diana's going to do. They'll eat, the, they'll eat sandwiches that night, turkey sandwich. I'm going to do something new this year. Um, I've, I've mentioned CrossFit reg- regularly now because I go four or five times a week. But Diane and I are doing CrossFit together, and um, Lee and our gym, it's called a box. That's CrossFit for just it's the gym, but it's called a box. But we're having Friendsgiving on Tuesday night. So we're going to do Thanksgiving again Tuesday night. Lee's frying turkey, and he's doing these mashed potatoes called heart attack mashed potatoes. You know that's going to taste good. Like anything with the word heart attack in it, describing food. <laughs> like heart attack by itself is bad. Heart attack made with food, that's going to be really, really dang good. And so... We're going to have some good food, and um, some of my friends from the CrossFit um, gym are here today. I'm glad to have them. I'm not going to embarrass them because we're not that church. How many of you guys grew up in a church where they made all the visitors stand up when they came to church? Have you ever been to that church? (laughs) We're never going to be that church. (laughs) That's awkward. Hey, we're not going to embarrass you. We want you to stand up, though. Stand up, you know. So uh, I was talking to uh, another guy, a business owner in the city. He goes, I grew up at a church where the pastor goes, hey, we want to know where all of our visitors are at. And, uh, but we're not going to make you stand. We don't want to embarrass you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to do that. You, you go ahead and stay seated. But what happened was he had all the members stand up. <laughs> and they came to you. I'm like, I think that's the worst. That is, that's terrible. Um, but we're glad you guys are here today. Whether you're visiting us for the first time or you've been coming for a little bit, we are glad you're here. And it's been a busy week for our church. Um, for, for us as a community, and um, we, we believe in having a church, if you're new today, we believe in having a church that meets seven days a week. You're like, ah, I came from that church. Um, we believe that we are the church. We, we come here today just to hang out and to sing worship and to, and to get encouraged and inspired and celebrate all that God has done throughout the week. And so um, Tuesday night, Diane and I, we went and hung out with some of our worship leaders up in Lakeland and had a great time with them. Wednesday, 
was a culmination. Community groups are ending. Um, we have, we're going to, tonight, Diane and I are going to finish our community group that meets on the east side of town. That ends tonight. But to, uh, Wednesday night, a community group, one of the community groups ended. Thursday morning, we had Mom Life, which meets here in the YMCA every third Thursday of the month. And that's a great time for all the ladies to come hang out. One time, Lee and I snuck into a, a mom's group because we had our kids and it just kind of worked out. And so, but that's Thursday night. That's Thursday morning. Then Thursday night, uh, Thursday afternoon, I was able to, me and, and Coral, um, right before her, what she thought was a heart attack happened, we went and served uh, our girls' basketball team at the West Orange High School on Thursday. And then Friday, we had the high school students over to our house. Saturday morning, we woke up. And uh, Saturday uh, after, morning, afternoon, we went over to Edgewood Children's Ranch. And um, some of our guys are here today. I love these, love these young men. And um, Greg and Samantha Proctor, are, they, they have a home there, and, um, a cottage there, and then another cottage there. But we went there and just cooked hot dogs and hung out with those, with those kids. And just hung out with them. They're really, really cool kids. They come to our church. They're here today. And uh, can we give them a big hand today? They come here. They, yeah. They're awesome. And uh, I always see them in church. They're always smiling when I get here. But I got to go see them on their turf. And they're all athletes. They're throwing footballs 60 yards, playing basketball. I lost a couple times. That's embarrassing. But it's, it's working out for me. I'm going to make it. And, um, but they're just awesome kids. And then tonight, I told you, we'll have church today. We're going to celebrate all that's happened all week long. And then tonight, we'll have community group. And then we'll start the week all over again. And um, I just love this place. I love this place. We're going to feed uh, homeless, the homeless here um, on Thursday afternoon. And this is, like, terrible. Like, we, we can't take any more volunteers. We're, we're, we're maxed out on volunteers. We're going to have as many homeless people as there are volunteers. I don't want to make it awkward. We, we're going into their territory. And so we have, like, completely maxed out on that. We've had a family in our church. We didn't ask. They said, hey, we're going to pay for that meal. And uh, they did that. And then a guy messaged me this week and said, we want to help with uh, desserts and drinks. How much money do you need? I told him, this is how much we need. He goes, hey, we're going to take care of that. And so we just believe in church happening all week long. We just come here to hang out. And so you picked a good day because I'm going to help you with Thursday. You're like, what a nice guy. Yeah, I am. I'm a nice guy. I'm going to help you survive the holidays because the food is awesome. We could talk about the food for 20, 30 minutes. I could talk about the food for a, for a long time. And, but the reality is that not, there's going to be food there, but there's also going to be something else there. There's going to be people at that table. <laughs> the people that you want to sit with and the people that you don't want to sit with. They're going to be at that table. Your in-laws, your outlaws, whatever you call them, that sister-in-law that you like or dislike, they're going to be there. The drunk uncle, he's coming. They're all going to be there. Everyone's going to be at that table, and how do you survive sitting at that table? You're like, some of you guys just judge me, like, who has a drunk uncle that comes to their house? I need to invite you guys over to mine, then. If you, if you don't have that drunk uncle, you're missing out that you never experienced Thanksgiving. And so I'm going to have that at, at mine, and I just think we all got to be prepared to survive that time with all those people. Some of you guys are like, what's his address? We're coming over <laughs> And uh, just ask my mom. She'll tell you where we live at. We'll invite anyone. How many of you guys, you, your family, you guys will invite anyone and everyone to Thanksgiving? That's you. Yeah, there's what I call closed Thanksgivings and open Thanksgivings. My family, the, my, 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 my mom, my dad, for as long as I've ever known, we just, everyone shows up. Like, where did, and there's, oh, here's a kicker, too. And every Thanksgiving, there's that guy there. You don't even, no one even knows them. Like, how does that guy show up at every Thanksgiving? You're like, who is that guy? And our guy or girl, or in my house, um, we, uh, my brother's not here today. I don't think he listens to the podcast, but I, I like coming to Thanksgiving because I want to see my brother's new girlfriend. Like, I just, I don't know if he has a new one right now, but I, I look forward to seeing a girl with him. You know, he's a college kid. He's, he's living it up. And so I look forward to seeing 
whoever he brings the Thanksgiving. Cause I, and then what I really like is I hope that I really like it when it's a different, if it's a different girl on Thanksgiving from, thanks, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, like 24 days later. Because I'm like, hey, Michelle. He's like, no, that's Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so we kind of have that little joke behind, kind of behind closed doors, except for I just told all you guys about it. <clears throat> um, and then there's that person. Can, I, can you turn this down just a scotch? I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm echoing. And um, I get sick of hearing myself talk sometimes, if you can imagine that. Um, I, uh, then there's that person. How many of you guys, this person always ruins Thanksgiving? They're going to be an hour late. How many of you guys have that person at your Thanksgiving? And, and if you're that person, no one likes you. I mean, we don't like you. Because we want to eat on time. Like, if, there, if, if it starts at 1230, we want to eat at 1230. That's what we, that's what we, we want to do. And so there's that person. They're just chronically, I told, my, uh, I told Lauren the other day, which is Layton's girlfriend, and she has, uh, she has CLD, and she's like, I've never even heard of that one. I said, it's called a chronic late disorder. And uh, there's some people, they just have chronic late disorder. They're going to show up late. You're, and they, it's like they're so late, you're not sure if they're there for lunch or for the turkey sandwich at night. You know, you're like, you came like right between. And so then there's that guy, that guy that shows up super, super late. Um, <clears throat> but I want to imagine today, if, if we could, I want to imagine sitting at a Thanksgiving table with Jesus. Like if I invited you to come to my house for Thanksgiving or you invited me to come to your house for Thanksgiving, maybe you'd pull out some of your best. Some of you guys, you'd, it, would be, it would be styrofoam plates. You don't care who I am. You're like, you're just a normal guy. It's, it's styrofoam plates and, and, and cutlery. <laughs> that's totally cool. And that's fine. Or maybe some of you guys in here today, if you invited your friends, or maybe you'd pull out the best of the best. Like, man, this is the best. I want to have the nicest china, the nicest napkins, the nicest paperwork. We're going to bring out the, that, the best dessert. How many of you guys are looking forward to dessert on, on Thanksgiving? That's like, you, you go to Thanksgiving for dessert. Yeah. Um, I, I, all those things are great. So you bring out your best. But could you imagine today Jesus coming to your house for Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Like, you, like no one would talk, probably. Because you say, Jesus, tell us about that time you fed 5,000 people. Because you know Thanksgiving is so weird. We have enough food to feed 5,000 people at that table. 12 people, there's enough food for 50 people. You could eat leftovers for, for days. But we have Jesus here in this story. We have a meal being prepared. And we have two ladies. And these two ladies, they represent you and I at the table with Jesus today, okay? Because you would think when Jesus comes into town, best behavior, right? Like, nice, you're dressed to the tens, you have your nice clothes on. But not, not with Jesus. These girls, they, Jesus comes over and they're not, they're not on their best behavior. You know when you get to the table and, and you, you know, if they're sitting there with your kids. What I liked about Thanksgiving was I liked sitting at the kid table. But then I love, I love even more graduating to the adult table. How many of you guys this year is you're going graduate to the adult table? <laughs> Some of you adults are still trying to get to the adult table. Um, but in the story here, we have these two ladies, and they're, they're having an argument in front of Jesus. And if we're not careful, we're going to have that argument in front of people as well at the table this weekend. So I want to give you a couple of things I think will help you. And um, if you're here today and you're just joining us, we want you to know this. We believe that God wants us to live lives that are Christ-centered with Christ at the very center of our life, just, just Jesus, okay? And so whenever, and whenever we're hanging around him, the more we're around him, we can act better and we can be better and we can actually love better when we're with other people. The more time I spend in this book, the more walking, just following and just watching Jesus walk around this earth and Jesus talk on this earth and Jesus hang out on this earth and we even get into some of Jesus' thought process on this, the more I spend time with this book, I'm actually a better person. I actually love people better when I'm out and about. Because the more we're like Jesus, the more we'll love people better. If you have a Bible, cool. If you don't, um, there's a, it's going to be on the screen for you today. Um, in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, 
I want to read the story to you today, and then we'll draw a couple of thoughts from it. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. <clears throat> Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where there was a woman named Martha who welcomed him into her home. So they're, at, they're in this lady's house, Martha's home. And Jesus is there with his disciples, his squad, and they're there and they're hanging out. Verse 39, this lady Martha let him in, and then her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, and she listened to all that he had taught. We sing that song, Come to the Altar. And this lady's at an altar. I mean, she's at Jesus' feet. You're not going to learn more than sitting at Jesus' feet. Like, I'm going to teach you some things about Jesus today, but you'll never learn more than when you're sitting next to Jesus. You'll never be more like Jesus than, than when you're learning about him. And the more you're learning about him, the more you can actually, you're more closer you are to him. So we have this story here, and we have these two ladies. One invites him into the house. The one, Mary, she's at Jesus' feet listening to him, and he's teaching. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Like some of you guys on Thanksgiving Day, you're going to be sitting on the table and you're going to want your kids to act right. My mom has the look when I was at the table. If I was being bad, she would look at me like, the look could kill you, the look alone. Like, not to mention the spanking that followed the look, but the look alone could pierce you. Like, how many of you guys, and don't raise your hand now, but how many of you guys, you, you had that parent, they, don't even, they didn't have to hit you because they could just look at you and you knew to straighten up. It was like they pierced your soul and said, I will reach in there and beat the demon out of you. It was like they, they could communicate that through their eyes, you know. And so, and more so than that, my mom, I, my, I'm just going to go ahead and say this because she's here. She didn't, she could look at you, but she also could pierce your chest physically. And so I remember if I used to sit in the car with my mom and talk trash, she would just, Phew. how many of you guys have that mom? She accidentally put the brakes on. You didn't need the brakes, but she just, she like karate chopped me. She missed my neck by a couple of inches a couple of times, but I almost died several times as a kid and pray for me. But she would just reach out and hit me. Phew. But here she just walks out and she goes, yo, Jesus, my sister's tripping. Why isn't she helping? You need to tell her to help me. Like, you know she had attitude. To go to Jesus and say, hey, you need to tell him to help me, that's pretty, that's pretty confrontational. Jesus, tell her she better come help me. We're here. I'm, I'm slaving in this kitchen. I'm working my bottom off, and she's here hanging out, having story time with Jesus. Are you sneaking kidding me? Tell her to get up and actually come and help me. And before she even got there, jealousy set in, and jealousy, and frustration, and, and anger, and, and all these problems that we're going to see at our tables this week, and all these frustrations that we have with people in our family and our, with our friends, all that set in place, and now she's like, I'm sick of it. I'm going to go talk to her. I'm going to go tell her what's up. And maybe she gave her the look that my mom gave me, and maybe she didn't see the look. And maybe she gave Jesus the look. I don't know. I don't think you should give Jesus the look, but maybe she gave Jesus the look. We don't see that, but she's like, hey, tell her to come help me. Or, you know, you're, you, they get your attention like, and, you know, if you're, if you're a kid and you know, I get my kids and I'm like, hey, come here. If you're like any other kid, you're like, you're looking at your, I'm looking right at my kid. I'm like, hey, come here. And my kid does this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, you, he's like, he's like, I point him. He's like, Phew. you know, he's like, oh, him? Like, no, no, you. I'm like, get over here now, you know. And maybe she's like, hey, come help me. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Shh. hang out with Jesus. Like, she don't want to help cook. She don't want to help clean. It's like me on Thanksgiving. Like, so she's just, hey, come. Jesus, can you, can you tell her to come help? She's, she's tell her to get up. And we're going to keep on reading. <clears throat> and the Lord says to her, 
he answers her, which is, which is nice of Jesus to answer whenever you have a question. The Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these things, all these details. There's only one thing that's worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, we find ourselves in the story, and we're a lot like, you can pick Mary or Martha if you want. Some of you guys are like, I'm super spiritual. I'm Mary. I want to be Mary in the story. I'm just always sitting at Jesus' feet at the altar. Just, I'm always worshiping Jesus, Wes. Nothing ever. I'm just always praising Jesus. And then some of us in here say, you're Martha. You're just a worker. You're just a worker servant. You just, you're, you're a, in, my, in this story, my mom's a Martha. She could outcook, outclean any of you moms in here today. You're like, oh, really? Yeah. She's like, you're like, some of you guys are like, send her to her house. Let me see. She can outwork, outclean six kids. My mom, whenever we talk about moms and my, and my wife gets, and my wife's there and we're talking about, if someone says Miss Beecham, my mom will go, my wife will go, well, Miss Beecham, she doesn't count. She's in a whole nother level. Like six kids, like she does this Christmas singing, Christmas tree thing at First Baptist. She like fills her car out, all the cops in here. It's illegally, it's illegally packed. I mean, it's just kids in the back, kids on laps, double seat belt. It's just, it's a hazard. She'll take everybody. She just, yeah, tell them to come on over. Go, go invite the neighbor to come over. Mom, we don't like the neighbor. Go get him anyways. Like, she just, my, my grandpa, at my, at my grandparents' house growing up, they, my dad's from Eaton going, my grandpa knew everybody. And he just, anyone could, come, anyone could come over for Thanksgiving. They just couldn't go out to the bonfire. That's a whole other level we can't talk about in church, but there's this bonfire time, and that's just a, not even the girls could go out there, just a guy time, and, Next time we have guys in, I'll explain that to you if you want to notice asking. But we have here, Martha, she's a worker, and she's like, dang it, why can't she get up and come help me? And Martha, Martha's not the way that she is today in this story. Today, she got there somehow. She's no different than you or I today because we're going to sit at that table this week, and there's going to be a frustration that's going to sit, and there's going to be, and, and bigger than just the whole late thing, <laughs> bigger than just the, I don't why, why are they here? Why do they always bring somebody different every single year? Why can't it just be us four no more? Why is that person there? I don't like her and they don't like me. And we have all that, but all that gets built up. And then we, it all get, builds up to this time where we're all sitting at the table one time a year or two times a year. And I want you to know this today. You might be thinking, well, I don't have any of that. Today and, and every other Sunday that we're here, whatever, this applies to everyday life with the people that you're around every single day. This isn't just the Thanksgiving, how to, how to survive the holiday. This is everyday life that we're trying to give you today in the story. So if Jesus is sitting at your table and your family's there, <clears throat> here's what he'd want you to know. Here's the first thing. Jesus wants you and I to love them or those people for who they are. He wants you to love them for who they are. I, I, I told us to our, our dream team earlier, Martha was a better cook. That's why she was cooking and cleaning. Mary probably wasn't a good cook. I love going over to, to um, certain friends of mine, mine's house, and they're, just, they're better cooks than I am. And I try to learn or steal ideas from them. And when I do something, I always try to get Scott to bring something, because Scott's a firefighter, and he's always, he, those guys cook, I think they just cook all the time. No, I'm just kidding. They work too, right, Kelly? <laughs> She's like, I'm supposed to say yes. <clears throat> he, he's a great cook. And Mars like, I'm, a, I'm here cooking, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, and you're just sitting out there doing nothing. And Martha had strengths that Mary didn't. Mary had strengths that Martha didn't. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 through 14, I think they have that verse on the screen for you. You, may, you made 
you made all the delicate and innermost parts of our body, and you knit me together in my mother's room. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know. Hey, here's the good news. We're called to love people for who they are, and there's no one like you. Some of you guys, there's, there's no one like you. There isn't another person on this earth that, that's like you. Thank God, right? <laughs> there's, not, there's only one West Beecham. If there were two, that'd be miserable. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's only one of me, there's only one of you. The Bible made you unique. We got to love the people at a table for who they are. You want to know why we don't love them for who they are? Because we really like ourselves, and we really want them to be like us. Why can't they be on time like me? Why can't they help cook and clean like, like me? Why can't they act like me? Because we like ourselves. If you're honest in here today, you like yourself. And if you don't like yourself, you would like to like yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I caught both the streams. They're like, I really want to, like, most people struggle with, with self-worth and self-confidence. Maybe you don't like yourself right now, but you would, like to li- you would like to like yourself more. But the reason why we don't love people for who they are is because we want them to be like us. But the Bible tells that we're all unique. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm glad there's only one of you. And I'm thankful that I get to know only you. And here's the kicker. I can't be like you and you can't be like me because there's only one of you. If we're going to love the people at the table, we have to love them. Sit at the table with these people. We have to love them for who they are. And where's our, what's the best example of loving people for who they are? You want to know who the best example ever is? It's not me. I know you're about to think that. It's Jesus. Jesus modeled this on the earth. There are countless people that Jesus helped. And he didn't love them because they were awesome. He didn't love them because they were the same love language as they. He didn't love them because they had a great personality. He loved them for who that they are. No matter where you're at in here today, I don't care if you're the most clean-cut, sharpest person in this room to the most person that's just trying to figure life out still and you're just kind of stumbling through life. I don't care if you're 15 years old and and you're young and you're novice or whether you're a gazillion years old and and you have it all figured out. It doesn't really matter. From wherever spectrum you're on here, Jesus loves you for who you are. He loves you for who you are, and he made you just the way that you are. We have to love people for who they are. Here's the second one. <clears throat> oh, write this down if you're taking notes on, on the point one. You've got to quit comparing and find commonality. You've got to quit comparing and find co- commonality. We're all in here different. I'm different from my wife. She's different from me. We all in here, in this room here today, we all, there's someone at that table this week that you could find something in common with. <laughs> like, oh, cool, you have hair, I have hair. You know, like, I don't know, like, you have to, like, some things like, oh, hey, hey, we both like shoes. Hey, we both like whatever. You have to find commonality. But we spend so much time in life comparing with people, and we got to find commonality. When I went to the, um, when I, I'm in this CrossFit thing, illustration point uh, reference number two, uh, Andrea's here saying she's my friend, and I, I want to do I want to be able to do back squats like Andrea, <laughs> as much weight as she does, <laughs> and with good form. I'm in there like it just looks the way I do it, it looks complex, and I said Lee I said Lee I hate this, and he goes why I say because I just I want to have form like that, and it looks easy when the form is right it looks right it doesn't it doesn't look painful and and I, I told Andrea so I'll be honest with you I, I compare myself to you. The sticky part is you're you're crushing it and I'm not. And she goes, I've known this, she kind of like pat me on the back, like, you're an idiot, you know? Like, <clears throat> she's looking at me and she's like, hey, I've known this a lot longer than you have. I think underneath her breath, she's like, you'll never be as good as me. And then she walked away. I don't know, I made that part up. But she's like, hey, I've known this for a long, long time. And her husband does. They both, they both do it, they both do it well. This, 
But we got to quit comparing. we got to find commonality. I think this, the problem with our society today is that we're always comparing with each other. There's only one of you. I don't know why we're comparing ourselves because there's only one of you. So I don't know why I would compare myself with my dad because there's only, John Wesley, there's only one John Wesley Beecham in the first. There's only one John Wesley Beecham in the second. There's only one John Wesley Beecham in the third. Diana's dad's in here today. He's a great communicator. I, 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 when he speaks in here, to, when he speaks to our church one day, I told Diana, I told someone this week, like, it'll be the best message you guys have ever heard. But I can't compare. Diana's dad's been preaching as long as I've been alive almost. I mean, you're still young and you look great. I'm just saying, you've been preaching a long time. <laughs> I can't even dig out of that. It's just been a long time. When early on in ministry, Diana would say, well, my dad does this. I'm like, I'm not your dad. I'm not your dad. Fine, your dad's better than me, Okay. We got a quick comparison. There's only one you and there's only one me. My dad told me, my dad wanted me to be what he did, what he did, and take on this business. But there's only one my dad, there's only one me, and there's only one you. So let's quit comparing with each other. We have to love people for the, who they are. And here's the thing that we got to love them right where they're at. <clears throat> we got to love them right where they are at. I was talking to, I've, I've ran this message by several people this week. I was talking to Lee this week. He's got in laws. And I was like, hey, how do you love? How do, you, how do you love your in-laws? Because like, they're all different, right? They're just, they're, they're, they're all completely different. We have to love people where they're at. Because I love one for this way, and I love one this way, and this one, this, the relationship is unique here, and the relationship is, is unique this way. But we have to love people right where they're at. And that's hard. Because we, we all know people that, man, we, I wish they could just try a little bit more. <laughs> I wish they could be just a little bit, I wish they could be a little bit, I wish they could just do what I want them to do. I wish they could be the way I want them to be. I wish they can do what I want them to do. And we all have that in us. But we have to love people right where they are at. Martha should have looked down at Mary and said, Mary, you're crushing it. And Mary should have been down there on her knees, hanging out, listening to Jesus and worshiping Jesus. And looking at Martha and said, Martha, you crushed that turkey, girl. You're the best cook I know. But instead they're comparing and, and, and competing with each other. And they're going back and forth. And instead she could just be loving them right where they are at. I've had to learn this. I grew up in a church super judgmental, super legalistic. I was the reason why most people don't want to go to church. Me. Very hypocritical. I, no one was better than me. I, I, I walked in this Bible, I was like, Mr. Spiritual, I know the whole Bible better than you. You can ask my dad. I, went, I thought I was better than everybody. When you grow up in legalism and grow up in, in judgmental, it just, it just it consumes your whole entire life. I'm better than you. No one's as good as me. I lived that life for so long. And I, I've, I mean, I, there's so many people that they'd probably be in church today, but they're not because I have looked at them and I've judged them and not loved them right where they're at. I love the story of the prodigal son. I love the story. Diane's dad explained this to me super, super well. He said one day, he said, you West, you, he goes, you're, you're extreme, Wes. I don't know if you remember this conversation. We've had a couple of come to Jesus moments. He was my boss for a long time. And so he said, Wes, you're so extreme. You're so extreme in this area. And it really just really worked me, worked me and made me better in a lot of areas. But the thing that I showed you, I was just so, I, I, it, was one, it was Wes's way and, and that was it. And he said, Wes, you know the story about the prodigal son? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, you remember when the, the son left? He said, yeah, I remember that. He goes, you remember when he, when he ran away? You remember when he came back? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, a couple things that I, I want you to know. Um, and, and I don't remember if it was exactly this, but he, he said that guy, he, the guy that owned the house, the dad, when the son left, the dad left the light on outside. And I was like, awesome. 
Awesome, we left light on in our house, all lights on. We didn't have a security system. We left the TV on, all the lights on. <laughs> that was our security system. And um, we put a baseball bat in the sliding glass door. That's what we had, that's where we're at. <laughs> Some of you guys can relate. <clears throat> he goes, here's the second thing. He goes, the door, I think, he goes, I think, Wes, the door was left. I think the door was left unlocked. Because he was a, he was a, love, he was a perfect father and he was ready, he wanted his son to come back. It wasn't like, hey, you're leaving, and I don't, I don't appreciate it, and I'm mad at you, get out of here. The kid was like, dad, I want my money, and I'm leaving. The guy got his money, he left. He's left door unlocked. He goes, and, I, and he goes, here's the third thing, Wes. He said, I, I believe in that, in that scenario, he goes, the dad was waiting for the son to come back home. The light was on, the door was unlocked. In case the dad was sleeping, the light was on, let the kid know, hey, you can come back, you can come back in. And the door was unlocked in case dad was sleeping or they were on, on vacation and they were out. And in case the kid came back home, he knew how to place him. And then also the third thing is the dad was actually waiting. The dad was actually out. The day the, dad, the day the son came home, the dad was actually outside watching for the kid to come home. And when the dad, when the kid came out, the dad ran out to him and said, hey, I love you. And Jesus loves us for who we are. He loves us right where we're at. And we have to model that. The closer we get to Jesus, the more we can model that. I've gotten, since that conversation, I've gotten so much better at loving people the right way. Not for what they can give me, but just love them just because God's called us to love people, period. I told that, we were at the Edgewood Children's Ranch yesterday, and I told these, those, those students, I love you guys. I said, I don't have to know you to love you. I just, do, I want to love people because Jesus told me to love people. The closer I get to Jesus, the easier it is for me to love people. You have to love them right where they're at. Hey, this will help you with that. Stole this from Diane and I've adapted it, but you gotta believe the best about your family. You gotta believe the best about your family. You're like, what's well, this hard for you to do that? Find something and believe the best about them. Here's this um, third one. You gotta love them wherever they go. Because here's the kicker, and you've all been in this family. Some of your family is going to go up and they're going to progress. But you know what's true to also? Some of your family, you, your family, me, there's going to be seasons of our life where we're going to decline. We all go through those seasons of life. There's seasons of life where we're going in the valley and we're going to the mountaintop every single one of us. we got to love them wherever they go. By the way, you should want the people around you to excel. Here's a perfect example. Diana has th three, there's four of them. And um, I think, outsider, I can't divulge too much information, but Diana and Derek are really close. You wanna know why they're close? Because they can celebrate each other. They got no problem. They're, they're not, they're the, uh, the, out of all of them, my outside, they're not competitive. Diana wants Derek to do well and Derek wants Diana to do well. They just want that about each other. They want things to go up for each other. They want that. They don't, there's no, they don't, they don't compete. That's just reality. They, they love each other when they go up. They also love each other when they're, when they're in the down. And we're called to do that. I'm probably closest to my brother Lathan right now because we're together all the time. And when we're not together, he's calling me all the time. He won't stop calling me, Dad. You know why he's calling me all the time? To tell me how to be a better pastor. I'm like, what do you know? He's like, apparently more than you. <laughs> He's like, why don't you just try this? Just try it. it. Might work. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna try that. 
I called him, like, hey, we need to try this this week. We need to see if it works. Don't tell Ethan we're going to try it. Because we're, I'm probably closing because we're together all the time. If we're not together, he, even, he, I, he missed me so bad a few weeks ago, he even spent the night with us. <laughs> spent the night with me, Dad. My little brother spent the night with me. We're freaking 30 years old. He's like, hey, can I spend the night with you guys? <laughs> what 30-year-old brother still spend the night parties? Mine. But I'll tell you this much. I love my brother. I love my brother got a new truck a few weeks ago. I'm glad he got a new truck. I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm glad when things are going well for them. And when things go bad for them, I want to be there with them when things are going bad too. And we got to be there when things are going up for people and things are going down for people. Because that's what Jesus did. We want to be, and I, I posted this this morning from the, from the church, like we don't want to be, church is not going to change no one's life, you guys. Why'd you bring us here, Wes? This is kind of tricky. You and I are the church. This gymnasium is not going to change anyone's life. But Jesus can change your life. Being Catholic won't change your life. Being Baptist won't change your life. Being some denomination won't change your life. We're not even a denomination. That's probably something too. <laughs> we just want to introduce people to Jesus. Like what denomination are we? We want to introduce people to Jesus. I don't know where that fits in, but we just want to introduce people to Jesus. But here's how we introduce them. We, we model what Jesus modeled. That's all we have to do. We have to love people where they're at. We have to love them for who they are. And we gotta love them wherever they're going. Maybe you, I wrote down, I gave you this, quit comparing and find commonality. I wanna write this down and say, quit competing and celebrate. Why don't you celebrate somebody? Why don't you celebrate someone else besides yourself? I don't need anybody to celebrate me until I die. Throw a huge party when I die. I, I want to celebrate people. I want to celebrate their, their successes. Joe and Shannon are in my community group. They are crushing it right now. They go from being people that just sit in church every single week. That's all they do is sit in church every single week. And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I wish they'd help us. Now you're helping, it's okay to say this. I'm like, man, I wish they'd help us. Some of you guys are, some of you guys could help our, we're better with you guys. Some of you guys, if you guys joined this team, you would make our church so much better in a lot of areas. There are people, we look at you like I told Diana, I said, man, they're gonna be great leaders in our church. I'm, I'm see, I believe the best about some of you guys. I'm like, man, we need them. We need her and we need them and we need them. Diana's like, them? Yeah, we need them too. Like, you can make our church so much better. We can love this city so much better. We can connect so many more people to Jesus so that when we get to heaven one day, there's a bunch of our friends sitting in heaven because we just love people well. But we're not gonna reach people. We're not gonna be the church that we're called to be if we don't all jump and do this together. We gotta love people where they're at. We gotta love them for who they are and we gotta love them no matter where they're going. We gotta do that. I want our church to be marked for being a church. Man, they love people well. What's your big deal? Loving all people at all times and all places. That's what I want people to say about us. Is the worship good there? Yeah, it's good. We don't wanna be known for that. Is the preaching good? Sounds good as Diana's dad, but it's getting better. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're working on it. We're in progress. We're going to be there. I don't, I don't want, I don't, those are all good things. This is fine if people like the music. It's fine if people like the preaching. It, those are all fine things. But I want, the thing that we're going to be marked for, and this is, I want us to be different than any other church and every church probably says, but I want us to be known because we love people radically. Screwed up people, 
and people who are a little bit less screwed up than the people that we love that are screwed up. Because there's only screwed up people and less screwed up people. <laughs> We're all screwed up. And so I want us to be known for people who love people. Man, you love them? Yeah, absolutely love them. They don't look like you, they don't act like you, they don't talk to you. Man, we love them. Why do y'all do that, Wes? We do that because Jesus first loved us. Hey, I'm done. I think the point of the message is that we're gonna love people. We're gonna love people. Can I give you one good reason? You're like, three is good enough, Wes. <clears throat> Jesus loved you at your lowest moment. Take a second, 10 seconds. Think about your lowest moment of your life. It could be today for some of you guys. It could have been 10 years. It could be six months. It could have been this year. I don't care what it is. Think about your lowest moment right now. Think about your lowest moment. You're like, Wes, that's not very encouraging. Yeah, I know it's not, but we're going we're gonna to get to the, it's got to start with the climax and it's going to get better. But you got it? Boom. You can let it go now. Jesus loved you right there. Jesus loved you at your lowest moment. The, the worst day of your life, Jesus loved you the most. The best day of your life, Jesus loved you still. Wes, it's been pretty bad for me. The good news is this, is that your bad doesn't bother Jesus. Your worst day, Jesus isn't like, oh, you did that. He already, on the cross, every bad thing you've ever done that you're gonna do, it already flashed through his mind. It already flashed through his mind. His blood covers. His blood, the blood stained cross covered all the things that you've ever done wrong. It's covered by the blood of Jesus. Because it's covered by the blood, now we can go out and love people.